You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome you to Hope Bible Church along with others already today. We're so thankful that you have taken the time to be with us, especially if you're a visitor. A very, very warm extended greeting to you. We're very glad you're here. I'm praying specifically the Lord be speaking to you supernaturally today as he's doing across this world again today as he has for the last 2,000 years. It was Jesus Christ who said this in John 12, 46 on the screen for you. Jesus says, I have come into the world as light. I have come into the world as light so that everyone who believes in me may not remain in darkness. I want you to take a look at that again on the screen to see just the clarity of what Jesus said those life-changing words. You may have not noticed this before, but this is a very powerful Christmas verse. In this one verse, we see the purpose of Christmas, we see the potential of Christmas, and we also see the promise of Christmas, again, in this one verse. So just by nature of our service today, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump right in. First thing we see, again, as I just said, the purpose of Christmas is this. It's light. The purpose of Christmas is the light of Jesus Christ. Again, Jesus said, I've come into the world as light. Um, I love the biblical theme of light. It's everywhere in the Bible. I was out walking early uh, this week in the early morning in the midst of darkness. It was very dark and it was cold. And I remember though, as I was walking and at that time, all of a sudden, light came on the horizon and you started to see the earth fill with light and the life that comes with the light. When you're in the darkness and you're outside and you see the glimmer on the horizon and the light, it's amazing the love or the hope or the beauty and the joy it actually gives you to see the light shine within the darkness. I'm always so encouraged too as we pass through the winter solstice and we turn from the darkest day of the year and then the light starts to increase day by day. Can I get an amen? Anyone else excited about that? And here we are now turning to each day will be a little lighter. Now why is that? Why are we so encouraged by lighter days? Let's be honest. It's because the darkness is so deeply discouraging. Darkness is deeply discouraging. It's darkness that deceives It's darkness that distorts. It's darkness that brings despair. It's darkness that divides. It's darkness that depresses. It's darkness that creates doubt. And in the end, spiritually speaking, according to God's word, it's darkness that leads to death. It's amazing how many of us, even in this room right now, how many of us are afraid of the dark. In some form, in some way, we do not like darkness, and we are wise to not like darkness because darkness is deadly serious, again, according to the truth of the Bible. And so it's Jesus that stands in the midst of darkness, and he declares, I have come into the world as light. 700 years before Jesus made that statement in John's gospel, the prophet Isaiah prophesied this in Isaiah 9-2 on the screen for you. Isaiah prophesied this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, a prophecy of Christ's coming. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. This is the purpose of Christmas. That light would shine in the midst of deep darkness. 
the light sent from God, Jesus Christ. His light will penetrate the lies of darkness with the truth of his light. His light will shine and strip away the power of Satan and his deception, and the light will lead people to everlasting life. For people suffering, the light will speak of healing. For people in despair, the light shines on them with eternal hope. For people without meaning, the light brings purpose and fulfillment. For people facing death due to sin, the light shines forth. It shines forth with life eternal. I love the Christmas narrative in the gospel account. I love Luke tells the story of the shepherds, and this is a painter's rendition, Thomas Cole in the 1800s, again, allowing us to see what it might have been like. But the Bible tells us that it was in the nighttime the shepherds were watching their sheep, and the glory of the Lord through an angel shone upon them and revealed to them that the light of the world has come from the very first word of the announcement of the Savior's birth, the glory of the light of God shining into the darkness to tell us the light has come. That was true then and it is still true today. The light of Jesus Christ shining into the darkness. I also love this. The first creative move of God in all of creation. In Genesis 1-3, God said, and let there be light. God created light. Why? Because from true light comes true life. Psalm 36, verse 9 on the screen for you again. He says this, For with you, God, is the fountain of life. Only with God is the fountain of life. And through his Son, Jesus Christ, in your light do we see light and the light of life. So the light of God, the light of Christ equals life, but then darkness equals death. And what is darkness? Well, darkness is the absence of light. And spiritually speaking, the absence of light is the lack of God. Whenever there, there's a diminishing or a lack of God, inevitably there will be an increase of evil and sin and unbelief and death. That is just so true. Again, it's no coincidence in our day as God is being pushed out of our culture and society, then the increase of the culture of death moves in. If you seek to remove the light, you'll be left with darkness. And with darkness, the end result is increasing misery, emptiness, and death. It's happening all around us. So this then is the purpose of Christmas. It is light shining in the darkness. Jesus again said, I have come into the world as light. That's why we just sang, and hark the herald angels sing. Again, notice this. Hail the heaven-born prince of peace. That is Isaiah 9. Hail the sun, the, the light on the horizon of righteousness. Malachi 4 speaks of Jesus Christ. Light and life to all he brings. That's John chapter 1, verse 4. Risen with healing. Christ came to bring light and life and rise with healing in his wings. Again, Malachi chapter 4. This is what Jesus Christ came to do. This is who Jesus Christ 
is he came to bring light, which leads to life. The purpose of Christmas, again, it's amazing how many things we've brought with us in terms of what our world tells us Christmas is and all some of the good things, but all some of the wrong things. The very essential purpose of Christmas from the beginning is light. It's the light of God shining in to this dark world. But then we see the potential of Christmas is this. It's faith. The potential of Christmas is faith. Again, Jesus said in John 12, he says, I have come into the world as light. Notice this. So that, so that, notice, whoever believes in me. So again, I want you to look at what Jesus has said. The truth shall set you free. We learn here, notice that Jesus did not come at Christmas to shine his light to make people feel good. Jesus did not come to shine his light at Christmas so people would say, oh, that's so pretty. How nice. We have a house uh, surrounding our neighborhood or in our neighborhood that has a pretty elaborate Christmas display of lights to the point that people come and they come and they see the Christmas display of lights and they will gaze at it from the curb or the sidewalk or in their car and they'll say, oh, that's pretty. Oh, that's nice. They never actually enter into that place. They never actually, again, become part of it, but they just kind of look from a distance. They admire it and they say, oh, that's really, really nice. Now, people do that with Jesus a lot. They see the light of Jesus from a distance, maybe at Christmas time, whatever it is. They, oh, what a nice man he was. Oh, he was kind. He was compassionate. Oh, yes, that Jesus guy, he helped the poor and he had good morals. Oh, that Jesus, he was a good example. But here's what you need to understand about the reality and truth of Christmas. Jesus did not come to earth to be admired. He came to be believed in. And that's a very, very important distinction and truth to understand. He did not come to be admired. He came to be believed in. I have come into the world as light with the purpose of so that whoever believes in me. So Christmas then is a visitation from God where he gives us an invitation to life. That's what Christmas is about. God visits us to invite us to everlasting life by shining light into our darkness that we might see our sin and embrace with faith the reality of the Savior of the world who is only found in Jesus Christ. Faith is my, The potential of Christmas then is faith. I remember my first Christmas Eve with the eyes of faith. I Attended many Christmas Eve services with no faith. And I just sat, listened, whatever, went home unchanged. But the first Christmas Eve I came with eyes of faith, and my eyes did not stay dry long. Because I saw for the first time the true light of the world, Jesus Christ. I saw him as Lord, as Savior, as life, as joy, as purpose, as meaning, of salvation, as the rescuer of Robbie Simons from his sin. And I might as well be like one of those shepherds. I ran so fast, as fast as I could, to get as close as I could to Jesus Christ. That's what the eyes of faith do. They see the light, the love, the purpose, and the reality of darkness, and they know there's only one answer. Again, his name is Jesus Christ. See, so the Bible explains to us in so many different ways that believing is seeing. Our world operates, if I see it, I'll believe it. The Bible is the opposite. By faith, you begin to see the reality of the light that is found in the Savior of the world, 
Jesus. Let's take a moment, though, to ask this question. That Jesus says, I have come as light into the world so that whoever believes in me. Let's ask this question. Why is believing or faith so important to Jesus? What's up with faith? Why believing? Why is that necessary? Well, Hebrews 11 says this on the screen for you. It says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible to please God Without faith. You say, well, why is that true? Because if you want to draw near to God, the text says, you must believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So true faith, and this is really important, true faith is not just a knowledge of God, because a lot of people have a knowledge about Christmas or Christ. True faith is relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, most, most in this room, obviously, would have some concept of knowledge of Christ. But not all have relationship with Christ. You can know stuff about someone. You can describe a few things about them. But it's an entirely different story to have a relationship with them And in this case, where they actually come and save you and live within you and begin to change you. True faith is way beyond knowledge. True faith is relationship with Christ. This is so important to you. True faith can't be earned. True faith can't be purchased. And true faith can't be sold to another person. True faith is a gift of God. It's the work of Holy Spirit within us. True faith is the gift of God to see the grace of God in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Listen, it's so, so be so clear. True faith is absolutely essential to be rescued from death. True faith is absolutely essential to receive the gift of eternal life. So here's what most people do, right? Like the, the house with a Christmas display. Most people come to Christ in Christmas, okay? They're in their car and they drive by they, and they, they might not even slow down, but they drive by and they might wait. What's up, Jesus? Good to see you this year. Some, 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 somebody slow down a little bit and they might honk. Hey, what's up, Jesus? Good to see you again. And they keep driving by. Others, they might, they might pull the car up and stop a little bit and they might sit and ponder and say, oh yeah, that looks really nice. They were pretty bad. Uh, see you again next year. See you again next year, Jesus. They take off. They don't think of him again. If you're truly going to be in faith relationship, okay, you have to pull the car up, see the reality of Christ as the light of the world, the Son of God. you got to stop, put the car in park, get out of the car altogether, come up, confess Him as Lord and Savior. You are Lord. You are Savior. You're the only one who's saved from my sins. Jesus Christ, here's the keys. You're driving the car. I'm done driving. I'm sick of driving. My driving's got me nowhere. Too many accidents, too many speeding tickets, too much disaster, too much misery. You're driving, I'll sit in the back seat. In fact, if you want me to, I'll sit in the trunk. I don't care. Because you are Lord, you are life, you are God, you are Savior, you are my rescuer. You stop the car, get all together. Jesus, you're driving, you take over, you're in charge. I'm done, praise the Lord. That's what true faith, you wanna clap for that? We can clap for that. This is... True faith doesn't see just a child in the manger. True faith sees the Son of God lying there. True faith doesn't just see Jesus as a moral teacher. True faith sees him as the light of the world. True faith doesn't, it's so important, doesn't see your sin and explain it away with some psychological term or worldly psychology or call it a disease or try to explain it away as just an inconvenience. True faith doesn't see your sin every day as I have as an annoyance, 
True faith sees our sin as a death sentence because God is holy and sin separates us from God. And we have this gap. We cannot close ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. See, faith sees that reality and then faith cries out for the Savior who will bring us and restore us back to God. True faith sees, loves, and worships Jesus Christ as the only one who can save us for our sins. See, so the potential of Christmas is faith. And that potential remains today. Jesus said, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me. And now we go to the final point. It's this, the promise of Christmas is salvation. The promise of Christmas is salvation. Take a look again at John 12 on the screen for you. Take a look at this. Jesus says, I have come into the world as light. The purpose, right? Light. So that whoever believes in me, the potential of Christmas faith, may, here we go, ready? Here's the promise, salvation. May not remain in darkness. He came as light to invite us to faith that we may not remain in darkness. So here's another important question. Why is darkness such a problem? Why does Jesus and the Bible keep talking about darkness? Why do we need the light? Well, according to the Bible, spiritual darkness is the state of a person who is living apart from or without God. Again, I want you to see the details of that verse. Jesus says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain, may not remain in darkness. So what Jesus is implying or explicitly saying is anyone who doesn't see the light is in darkness. Before Christ, all of us are in darkness. You, me, everyone ever born. Right? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. Every single person ever born has sinned. Right? If you don't believe you've sinned, just ask someone who's known you more than mm, a minute. Okay? And they will be able to identify inconsistencies and sin in your life and art. Just like they could with mine as well. See, all have sinned, the Bible says, and fall short of the glory or the light of God. This is why Jesus came, because we're in darkness. That he came as light, that we may not remain in darkness. So spiritual darkness is a separation from God. It's a separation from the light of God. It's a blindness to the light. When it comes down to it, the Bible's so helpful to us, it explains to us that spiritual darkness, and it's just really this simple but this serious, it's a greater love for sin than a greater love for the light and love of Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus says this in John chapter three. He says it so clearly. You can look at it there. He says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. I, I love how clearly the Bible speaks into our lives exactly where we are and explains to us our condition. The light, Jesus Christ, has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Now why would that be? Why would that be? Well, it explains. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Why would you hate the light? Because it's the light that exposes our wickedness. It's the light that shines upon the evil. That's why so many crimes and so much bad stuff happens in the dark. They're trying to hide from the light, which exposes the reality of their sin, crime, and evil. 
So Jesus just nails it. He says, if I wanted to love my sin more than, the light, more than the light of Christ, I would hate the light too. Because the light reveals who I truly am. So in our culture and world and society, if we want to continue in the things that are evil and sinful, the last thing you want is the light to shine. You hate the light because you love your sin more than the life and the light of Jesus Christ. And these, these are the words of Jesus. He, he explains that this is why people will hate me. So again, this becomes the power of Christmas, though. Jesus Christ was born to shine light into the darkness. And it's this light that leads to the promise of Christmas, which is salvation. I have come into this world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So what we're learning here, Christmas is a massive spiritual battle. There's this massive battle going on between light and darkness, and it's happening even right now in this room. It's happening in our world all the time. And it happened directly after Christmas itself. You know, an event that's seldom mentioned, but in Matthew's gospel, as soon as Jesus Christ was born, darkness was so terrified of the light of Christ as they should be because Jesus Christ is the most influential, life-changing person who has ever lived because he's a son of God. King Herod heard rumors about a king being born, and Herod, in his massive, so threatened and insecure, and his evil within him, this is what he did. He sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem, and in all that region who were two years old and under. That is horrific darkness. But that's what darkness does. It seeks to steal, kill, and destroy because it is so afraid of the light and it was so afraid of the impact of the life and the reality of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. You see how afraid the darkness is of the light? And again, that battle rages even now. I remember in the second Hobbit movie, uh, Sauron, evil Sauron in his voice, and he said to Gandalf, he said, there is no light, wizard, that can defeat the darkness. There is no light wizard that can defeat the darkness. I remember watching that and everything within me, man, being a child of God and the one who has seen the light of Jesus Christ. I'm like, Sauron, you could not be more mistaken. You are so wrong. There may not be a wizard, but there is a savior and his name is Jesus Christ. And he has come to destroy the darkness and darkness will not overcome him, not at all. But here is the heartbreak of our current culture. We keep trying to find salvation in ourselves. That's what our world is doing right now. We are trying to salvation, find, find salvation in ourselves. And we are told often things like this. Believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. I'm sorry, the last thing I want to do is believe in myself. This, believe in this, this will not do it. This will not save. This is a disaster. On my own, a disaster. I do not want to believe in myself. Or we hear this too. Uh, be the best version of yourself. Be the best version. What does that even mean? Be the best version. The best version of myself will still be plagued with sin. It'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough to save myself because God demands perfection and I am not that. Or we try different ways through other people to find salvation. We convince ourselves, if Messi can just win the World Cup, then all will be well. And he does win the World Cup. And there's this moment of celebration, but we awake the next day realizing that Messi has not fixed my sin. Still selfish, still angry, still empty. It will not be found in another human being. Or we try saying stuff like this. We try to find salvation in stuff or money. We hear the phrase, money can't buy happiness. But we don't believe that. 
Because we live in such a way that money does buy happiness, and so we worship money as our savior, but then we actually get it. Some of us get it, and our darkness actually multiplies as a result of the things we wanted, we got, and then all of a sudden they aren't fulfilling. Happens every day a million times over across this world. Some here right now in these forms of darkness, they haunt you right now today. Darkness haunts you. Haunts you through emptiness. Haunts you through unfulfillment. Haunts you through addictions. Haunts you through one worldly pursuit after another. Haunts you through depression. Haunts you through doubt and discouragement, despair. But this is why you're here today. This is why the Lord has brought you here today. Because this is why Jesus Christ came. The light that brings salvation. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. In John 1, 5, this is spoken of Jesus Christ. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It was the father of John the Baptist, Zechariah, in Luke chapter 1. He says this, The sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. It's been the whole Christmas season. I haven't mentioned Simeon yet from Luke chapter 2. That changes right now. It is Simeon who is told he will not die until he sees Messiah, the anointed one, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Mary and Joseph walk into the temple. The Holy Spirit reveals to Simeon this is his moment. He goes and picks up the Christ child, 40 days old. He picks him up and he says, Lord, now I can die. Now your servant can depart in peace. Why? My eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus Christ came as the light of the world for the salvation of sinners like you and me. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're here this Christmas to see for the very first time, supernaturally, the true light of Christmas. Maybe, just maybe, you're here right now to stop and to ponder that the purpose of Christmas is light, that the potential of Christmas is faith, and that the promise of Christmas for those who receive the gift by grace through faith is life, is salvation. You see, Christmas is so, so infinitely more than Jingle Bells, Frosty the Snowman, or Santa Claus. Infinitely more. Jesus Christ came, listen, the seriousness of what's happening at Christmas, Jesus Christ came because he was on a rescue mission. That's why he came. He was sent by God the Father on a rescue mission to save you and I from our sins, which we can never again save ourselves. He came then as, on a rescue mission, and he's still on a rescue mission today for all those who believe in him as Lord and Savior and the rescuer of their souls. The Lord is speaking to you today. In some ways, it's as simple as ABC. A, admit that you're a sinner. The first step to receive salvation is to admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you need help, that you can't save yourself, that you have issues and wrongdoing and sinfulness. That is a problem. It makes a separation between you and God. A is admit you're a sinner. B, believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Get out of the car. It's time to stop driving. It's not working. I remember the first time I truly got out of the car, again, right around this time and saying, Jesus Christ, I'm done. I can't do it. My ways don't work. Here are the keys. You're driving. Best decision ever made. It's been harder since. It's been never better. The glory of following Christ. Admit you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus Christ. Confess him as Lord and Savior. Confess him as Lord and Savior. You are Lord. You are Savior. I ask that you would grant me eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're about to sing this beautiful Christmas hymn, Silent Night. I just want you to see how beautiful these words fit in to everything we've heard today from John 12. Silent night, holy night. Son of God loves pure light. I have come into this world as light. Radiant beams from my holy face. And then this, the sunrise, the dawn. I love the imagery. With the dawn of redeeming, redemption found in, what is great? Grace is the gift of God. It's the gift of a son. It's the gift of life. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. You gotta receive it by faith. You gotta receive it by faith. The light of God came to bring salvation to those who have eyes to see with faith that they might be saved and they might never die. Again, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's take a moment to pray together at this time. Lord, I ask that you would be moving and working and translating and communicating, and I do pray saving. I do pray so much that you will be saving. Please, oh Lord, I pray hearts would be softened. I pray, Lord, eyes would be able to see, and I pray that joy would be able to be found. Even now, Lord, as we respond, I pray that you continue to work. I'm so thankful for every heart that is here, and I pray, oh Lord, that the truth as you say, Jesus, the truth will set us free. So we ask that this may be happening. We pray this is a life-changing, eternal ramifications on Christmas Eve this year. May it be so. We need you so much. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for the blessing of hearing this, being here, and singing such praise to you. Please, Lord, work among us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.